One. Five-day winning streak is over in the S&P. We certainly know we're resistance in this market. We've hit uh, 4490s three, four times here. We'll see what Mark Jacob has to say about where potential support is. We're going to get some jobless claim numbers at 830. Big jobs number tomorrow. Are we seeing a turn for the worst? Let's examine that on pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's pre-market prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We're on the lows of the pre-market session, down 23 and a quarter handles at 44.60 and a half. Just thought someone's got their foot on the offer and taking us down here. Uh, the buck is down 35 and a half cents, 102.68, kind of matching range days. The bonds are, are listening to uh, to Powell and the Fed. The bonds are down again, down uh, 630 seconds at 125 and 230 seconds. Uh, crude taking a nibble at that resistance at 72 and a half, but oil stocks not really cooperating. Uh, gold hanging out in the lower 1900s, up 610 at 1933.30. Silver up a couple pennies at uh, 2343 in Bitcoin futures. They're in the 31K handle. They're up $415. If we could get Dennis off the Threads platform, he could Jonas on the show. I but know. He's too- I can't stop threading. <laughs> I can't start threading as more like it. Here. How come? So, well, I went there to the threads.net. I guess they couldn't get threads.com. And all it is is a thing to download the app. I like it on my desktop. So I'm like, <laughs> I do everything on my desktop. I'm sitting on my computer, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Obviously trading way more hours than most people because I do the pre and the after hours too. But I'm like, I like it on my desktop. I run Twitter mostly. You know, I do have it on my cell phone, but I have most of the time tweeting right from my desktop. So I'm like, why can't I do this off my desktop? So that's annoying. Anyways, shareholders don't care here, though, because they're buying the hell out of Meta here this morning. I'll tell you that much. Um, Talk to me. You know, how is it? How is it? Because I have not been able to go on there because, one, the second issue is that my cell phone is full. You know, so I don't have any room on my cell phone because I got to get all the photos off there. So I tried to download the app even, and then it says, oh, I don't have enough room. And I was like, I'm too, I'm going to go deleting pictures right now. It's too late at night. So no threads for me yet. But how is it? How's the threads? Uh, Mitch, why don't you give, I mean, 10 Are you on people. it, Mitch? Did you go on threads? No, I, I don't have my thread. Um, I haven't used my Instagram in about three years. Um, so, might have to go back to it just to be able to get on threads and that's you have to have an instagram account to get the that's the key open that's the key the key here is an instagram account either they want you to do what they want you to have both so why the user number can keep jumping and they're trying to use the user base that's on instagram to switch over to thread pushing it to that next level, of course. And there was a couple of comments I thought were really interesting. Of course, we're talking about Thread, the competition to Twitter here. It's already attracted 10 million users. And I thought an interesting post uh, by Zuckerberg said that I think there should be a public conversation app with 1 billion plus people on it. Twitter has had its opportunity to do this, but hasn't nailed it. Mmm. So he's trying to get to a billion users on threat. That's the goal here. Um, Torn here for a number of reasons. Obviously, it sucks at Twitter. We can't trade this off this because Twitter would be going down the stock significantly if we could trade off of it. Uh, what I will say is this is serious competition, I do believe, for Twitter. Main reason, and I haven't been on the platform yet, so I can't give you the firsthand experience, but I will be moving to that shortly off the platform if i can um you know actually get it on my phone i'll go try it out 
but it sucks. I have to open an Instagram account for it. That's not overly pleasing, but I mean, this is not just, you know, some startup. This isn't, this is Zuckerberg. This is a direct attack on Twitter. You know, they know yeah. how to do social media. You know, Facebook was the original social media. So if you're Elon Musk, you've got to be like, oh crap. You know, just when you start thinking like, ah, you got this and that. And, and the Twitter experience itself has like some issues here. I mean, what was this thing on the weekend and we didn't talk about there where they were limiting the number of tweets you could view? I mean, or we maybe we did. Did we talk about that on Monday? Yeah, but we they were limiting the number of tweets you could view. And, you know, it was the NHL free agency. You know, That's censorship. Fan. That's censorship. It's not even censorship. It was stupidity. Because <laughs> I've got, you know, if you were verified, you could view 6,000 tweets. If you were unverified, you can only view 600 tweets. And if you had just opened a new account, you only view 300 tweets. So that means as you're scrolling, you go by 300 and just shut her down. I mean, it was NHL free agency for one thing. Yeah, you talked about Yep. Yeah, we did talk about this. I'm like going through and I'm like, oh, I have a burner account that I just do NHL because I don't want all NHL stuff popped. I have my main account, my stock, and I have, you know, just an egg account where I look through all the NHL stuff. And I'm like, boom, I looked for like five minutes. I was like, you've overseed, you've exceeded your limit. I'm like, what is it talking about? Then I went and found out, obviously Elon Musk tweeted it out. I'm like, so now I can't even look at what's happening with the NHL draft. So I'm like, and it's not even just that. It's just like, why would you want to limit that? So I just feel like Elon Musk is somewhat losing his way. And I'll tell you the other thing, and I don't know any verified experience here. If you are verified, I'm finding, Mitch, the exact opposite of what you were saying you were finding is I'm finding my tweets are getting less hits now. I'm verified, and I feel like I was getting more hits before I was verified. So that, I don't know why it's it, not the way at least it should work. At least I don't know if you're getting censored somehow. It Dennis. feels like it's working that way. I mean, something's um, going you know, it's kind of weird. You mentioned that too, because I, 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 I responded to a tweet. Um, oh, I don't know, like really early in the morning and it showed up on my uh, mobile timeline, but it never showed up on my, on my desktop. And also uh, TweetDeck um, is going to a paywall August 1st. I like to use TweetDeck. That's not, I'm looking at that right now. And two out of my three columns are not working. You said something, uh, something went wrong. Try reloading. So I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with it. I really well, don't. But you also got uh, Twitter CEO defending their mission here, saying that you need to make big moves to keep strengthening the platform. This work is meaningful and ongoing. And here's more insight on the work to ensure authenticity, authenticity of our users base and so it seems like they're they're happy with this move dennis they want to keep doing this they want to monetize the crap out of twitter that's what they want they want everybody to be on a subscription model well that's what I talked verification about because i tell you if my tweets were showing up more often more people would get verified so that's low-hanging fruit from us the verified tweets the verified twitter users should have their tweets seen more not less or the same, you know, that's low hanging fruit. That's what they should be advertising. You yeah, know, I like, mean, that's maybe what it's I should supposed be to do. Twitter. That's what it's supposed to do. Right. It's uh, not. I mean... And I don't think it says anything about that, but I tell you, it's not, I got verified like three months ago. The only reason I got verified was to try to stop the fake accounts because I had so many people reaching out and they're like, you know, they're, you know, fake DMS of twi triple D traders. So I try to slow that down a little bit. The only reason I got verified is I'm dropping the 110 bucks a year or whatever it is just to try to slow down the fake accounts because the fake accounts, which he was yeah. supposed to clean up has completely like gone, you know, rampant, at least, you know, I, I, you know, on my account, like there was like two, three a week popping up there for a bet. Since I got verified, it has slowed down though. Cause I don't have the blue check mark. So it's not as easy. But you know what I the mean, next move? You know what the next it, move by him is? Yeah, go. You're gonna have to pay to get your tweets more. Right? Like you pay this for your verification. You're gonna have to pay more to get, you know, to get better coverage. It's just gonna keep ramping up the price and ramping up the price in order to get your your stuff out there. But well, I, I don't even think it's working at all. So I think they need to figure figure out their own algorithms because I tell you, <laughs> since I've been verified, I don't feel like my tweets are being seen anymore, and I feel like they might even be being seen less. 
what so taking all this back those are the issues at twitter so perfect timing here for zuckerberg to launch threads and again this is not you know just nobody this is not just a startup that's trying this is you know going to be linked with your instagram account lots of people on instagram genius move by zuckerberg here shares of meta being rewarded substantially here and we missed this we should have talked about the potential run up into the launch it ran up into the launch last night launch was seven o'clock last night it has continued to run here in the pre-market it kissed up to 300 psychological level so technically working here as well this trade did everything that we talk about on the show the run up into the event the, the the you know then it launches the the big psychological resistance at a whole number <laughs> you know everything we talk about is encompassed in this trade here and I missed it I feel like and another friend of Bright Trading there saying the same thing is like how do we miss this one and I was like we talked about it yesterday but I just you know it didn't dawn on me that it would actually run up into the you know seven o'clock event like run up another three points ahead of the event last night you'll see it ran up during intraday when they launched. But then last night, it ran up three points ahead of the event. Right here. So yeah. run-ups all over the place. It also here. is dropping fast right now as we speak. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's sound, uh, well, we always well, talk about some of the news, yeah. too. But uh, also, and, and I think I, we did mention this, you had it not only that. Like, let's say you, you just live in a cave somewhere and you're a momentum breakout trader. Four highs in a row at 289.50. I mean, when it when it went through that, you had absolutely no business being short. And it's one of those longs where if you take it through that area, I'm showing it here on the chart, it's one of those trades where you can risk very little, like maybe a half a point. You know, it fakes out, comes back down. Doesn't even look like it dipped a half a point there. I'm looking at the upper left chart here in the regular session. Right off the open, it busted through 289 and a half. Everyone was short. I'll give you that psychological level of uh, 300 point, you know, 300. You went to 300 point uh, 29. That's one hell of a target if you had it. So congratulations. Anyone's been playing into the run up. You can use 300 as a swing number. All right, let's go to JetBlue as JetBlue Airways terminated. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not going to go JetBlue. Too boring here. We're going to go Microsoft. I'm just going (laughs) to cut you off there, Mitch, because we're sticking tech theme. We're going to stick with the tech theme for a second here. Um, Microsoft, let's talk this stock here too because it's tied in with Meta. And, I mean, you've got Morgan Stanley coming out and raising their price target from 335 to 415 they are talking chat gpt all over this note talking about you know 90 billion dollars of incremental opportunity for the company in fiscal year 2025 it's their top pick now um and they're you know i'm just read you some stuff from the note given the strong generative ai positioning business models able to reflect demand shifts quickly potential for further merge and expansion against a still reasonable gap PE multiple. I don't know how 32 times is still reasonable, but they say it is. They're looking for more multiple expansion. They're saying this could add 40 or $50 chat GPT to the share price here. And I mean, here we go. You're looking at it trading up two bucks. So if you're questioning why Microsoft is up on a down day is because Morgan Stanley is all over their chat GPT story. Yeah, we did. And that's been kind of going contra to the market here a little bit. Uh been leaking. Um, I don't know. What are you going to do? A retra- it looks like you got back half of this move. Uh, so I, a lot will go with the market. Yesterday's high, 341.65. Uh, Two-day high right in that area. So we are, we are up. I'd like to see it barrel through this uh, yesterday's high and work its way up to uh, the three-day high, 342.73. But, uh, yeah, Microsoft getting a little bit of bounce. Had uh, Michael Pachter on the closing print yesterday uh, talking about Microsoft and Activision, Dennis, and I'll put the link in there. He he would think that even if this deal, like, you know, you were talking to picking it up in, like, in the lower 70s and stuff, perhaps, if uh, the deal doesn't go through. He uh, thinks that if it, if it doesn't, he it doesn't even think it's, it, it, it you're going to get it get it that low. He sees I don't a think lot so of either. That, yeah. So all, yeah. Uh, and I was setting up scenario analysis for everyone yesterday. I said, if this went down to the mid-70s, 74, yep. 75, 76, on the initial algo hit, and you're going to have to be fast. You're almost going to have to be out there because what I think is going to happen if the deal, if, if, if the deal doesn't go through, the algos will just like, boom, 
And I think it'll be an overshoot because I think it'll be right back up in the 80s because I honestly think with the run that Take-Two has had, with the run that EA has had, I think ATVI would be 80 bucks without Microsoft. So I'm hoping and waiting for those algos to overshoot to the 74, 75 area so I can get a shot down there. And, and I'm not saying it's going to. Maybe you're going to get 78. Maybe you're not going to get even get that shot. And if you don't get that shot, you don't make money. But I think the people who are all sitting here, you know, as deal ain't going through, it's going back to 65, are going to be very disappointed. Because I think when this deal gets announced that it doesn't go through, it's going to have an initial sell-off. I think that sell-off is going to be bought very quickly. You think it was even might be a summary judgment where the judge just comes out and boom, pounds the gavel and say, you win, Microsoft, you get Activision. So, uh, but, And then um, it's 95 bucks. Yeah, so well, sometimes it, yeah. that's the worst case scenario for shareholders. Remember, I always talk about my Genentech, which I had back in the day. Anybody remember Genentech? The symbol was DNA. And that was the worst thing is when, like, I love this company. I was like, this is going to be one of your huge growth companies here. And I got taken out at $95, got taken over for cash. Roche bought it. And I think Roche was named something different at the time. But anyways, um, it was gone. And we know what happened with biotechs after that was like 2007 or 2008, like years ago, Biogen, you know, went up a thousand percent since their cell gene, all those others went DNA, like was one of best of breed. I mean, I don't even want to know where that thing would be today if it was publicly traded, but it would be a hell of a lot higher. So sometimes when these things get taken over for cash, it's like disappointing. I think Activision Blizzard has a road you know, that could take it exceedingly higher than $95 as a standalone company. So I don't even think it's a bad thing if Microsoft doesn't get it for Activision. All right. Uh, we did get 815 numbers to hit yeah. there. ADP, non-farm payrolls coming in here. Uh, and so non-farm employment change at 497,000 versus a 228,000 estimate. Markets leaking, leaking. But we've been seeing this uh, kind of pattern happen often where either the stocks go really up in the pre-market in the after hours and then come down or the stocks come down and then rip back up. Will this be another dip to buy? That's one thing that we'll be looking at. We'll have to find out. But Well, well let's stick with this talk for a sec, Mark. Well, bring Mark in. Bring Mark in if he's ready. That's exactly what I'm doing. Let's get Mark in here. Mark Chaikin, guys. All right, Mark Chaikin, guys. We're getting into some Chaikin analytics. How we doing, Mark? Good. Which which one of you has been hanging around the White House storage lockers, guys? <laughs> are you talking about the cocaine, or what are you talking oh, about? Oh, who there? me? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dennis, you've been running it. What do you want to ask about? Well, Mark. So we just we're just going to get in. We just had you know the ADP number come out here. Um, it appears to be pretty hot here again. ADP payrolls up um, substantially here. Stock market is selling off on this number. Uh, what we keep seeing and what we've seen here the last couple of days is the non-stop buy the dip in tech. I mean, some other sectors, not so much. But, you know, the queues even yesterday with the IWM selling off, the queues weren't really having it. They were holding up. We are seeing a sell-off in tech here today, but Meta is, you know, up substantially. Microsoft, we just talked about Morgan Stanley raising the price target up to 415 is up substantially here in the pre-market as well. Everything else is down. Are you looking at buying the dip today? You, oh, well, I don't know about today, but we're definitely looking to buy the dip. Uh, okay. Yeah, you well, know, in, a market, just a day. <laughs> in a market like this, one and a half to 3% down in the S&P, and you got to be a buyer. Yeah. And... Um, it's just a powerful market. You know, money on the sidelines, uh, a lot of people still leaning the wrong way. It's tough. It's tough if you're a fundamental bear to uh, get up in the morning and talk to your clients. If you're an advisor, I, I talk to advisors, at Morgan Stanley, and they just don't know what to do. Do you know, They're 60-40 kind of advisors, and yeah. that's worked well for 20 years. It's not working right now. And at some no. point, they have to move the money into stocks. Does that mean they're wrong 60% of the time and right 40% of the time? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to answer that one. But 60-40 uh, win ratio is pretty it's good. A great, it's a great quip. Uh, 
No, you've got to buy tech on dips. You're getting a chance in the semis. And, uh, you know, we all know the names. There are some odd names that we like, like um, ONTO, uh, which is more of a quality control machinery for semiconductors, um, microchip, MCHP, in addition to the, the big names like uh, AMD and NVIDIA. These are sleepy names here, too. I like this microchip chart because, you know, you've been slowly crawling up and now you've got the pullback that you just talked about, that 3-4% pullback from the 91 down here to the 87 here. So maybe this is one, and I don't, I don't follow the fundamentals of the company as closely as maybe you do, Mark, but you know, a little dividend in there, 1.75% here, too. I mean, maybe this is the play not to chase those, you know, leaders, but maybe to find those laggards, maybe to find the smaller little tech yep. plays that haven't gone yet. I'm into that. We, we recommended micro, uh, microchip about a month and a half ago, two months ago in mm -hmm. our options service uh, with long-term leaps, you know, one-year options. Uh, and pull back, went up, making new highs. These are, I wouldn't call them undiscovered, but they're certainly, uh, from a value point of view, more interesting to me than paying up for NVIDIA right here. Although, you know, there'll come a point where NVIDIA will pull back enough to be attractive from from a trading point of view so what can derail us mark i mean it, i mean we're up here we got re a resistance and you know a pretty easy identify you know basis the dailies right here just under 4500 uh what you know what's a hot job you know what i mean who knows hot jobs numbers right. seems like mostly care about the inflation numbers but um you know where i mean Got to move the support up here. What uh, where are you looking for short term support uh, basis? The S and P uh, forty three fifty. Okay. And I I think this is a time when you got to ask what could go right, not what could go wrong. Okay. Uh, the market is is basically built in a couple of Fed rate hikes. They're expecting one in July. What if they don't? What if they pass on July? What if uh, Powell's just been jawboning the market? I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm not even sure it matters to this market because the market has now doesn't. accepted that they're going in July. So, you know, yep. there's still exactly. this FOMO. FOMO is driving the bus here. And, you know, there's analysts and they're right. I mean, it's all multiple expansion here right now. We haven't seen a huge drive of earnings. The question is, is that drive coming when AI continues to go? You know, you got Morgan Stanley this morning. I want to get your thoughts. We'll just take it back to Microsoft here, too, because a huge call from Morgan Stanley. They're raising the price target. From th uh, 335 up to 415, they're talking about this chat GPT adding 40 or 50 dollars worth of earnings to the stock. I mean, this is you know been the driver of the bus for a lot of these tech is AI and chat GPT. Are you on board with this? Like, do you think like Microsoft can see 400 bucks here end of the year? Um, maybe you know if you get 5,000 on the S and P, absolutely. Yeah, and that's and that's my year on target. Uh, what's interesting is we're doing an internal project and I was tasked with the <laughs> unenviable uh, job of finding AI stocks that you don't want to own. I couldn't find them. There's not one with a bearish rating, even looking you know, at the fringes of AI. The best I could come up with was IBM, which ironically was the leader with Watson and AI and well the Stock's going nowhere. What a disaster IBM has been. I actually yeah, sold most of my long-term IBM because it just cannot get out of its own way. So, and you're right. Like, they had such a lead on all this. Oh you know, we God. talked about Watson, Jeopardy, 15 years ago, I feel like, Mark. I mean, how are they not the leader here? Uh, stodgy management. You know, it's it's uh, musical chairs management, basically. And that's that's part of what's appealing about the uh, what do they call them now the magnificent seven you've got great management in there mm -hmm. just great management and in the bigger companies it's just a revolving door where they go from one company to the next and it's almost like a lifetime appointment to the supreme court except uh, you know the the boardroom changes um you know, you have stocks like Zscaler, which use AI extensively in their cloud-based software that are really expensive, and I wouldn't touch those stocks here. Uh, you know, that they're, they're up because of AI, but uh, I think that's an avoid area, and there, there are five or six stocks like that that, use, that have used AI for years in their cloud-based offerings, whether they're monitoring traffic on the internet or whether they're 
you know, uh, in the in the cloud for the operational people. But AI is real. I use it every day in a variety of ways. And How are you using it? This is a good question. Well, I, I went back to try and find who the early adopters in AI were. And, you know, and, you know, in, in 2017, who was doing AI? It's, it's like instantaneous. And, you know, you came up with NVIDIA, the chips. NVIDIA has been an AI play since 2015, basically, before the Bitcoin mining craze. You know, it, it's, I'm, this... using it, I'm using it to get instant analysis and information. And, yeah. you know, it, it'll go beyond that at some point. But right now, that's, wow, what a productivity tool. Yeah, productivity definitely there. And I definitely see the use cases for that, Mark. But is this really a revenue driver? That's what I'm wondering. Is this just a bubble that we're going to see go kapoof? Well, it's revenue for companies that uh, enhance their product offerings using AI. Is it revenue for Microsoft? Sure. They've got deals going on photo recognition. You know, people have realized that part of AI, and I don't know if you know this, but ChatGPT has temporarily um, shut down the Bing capability. So if you are a premium $20 a month, which is a joke because it's so cheap, um, subscriber to ChatGPT, you had the option of using the Bing browser so that your searches were up to date, not, not like ending in September 2021. And the reason they shut it down is because of copyright and uh, privacy issues. So they'll solve that. But one of the ways you solve it is with royalty payments. So yeah, I do think there's going to be plenty of revenue coming to Microsoft, certainly to NVIDIA, Google. I, I think people don't focus on the fact that Google Alphabet has been using AI for five years in their YouTube product, in Gmail, and so forth. That's part of the reason it's such a great company. So this is really a revolution. We haven't even seen the spillover into medicine and medical research. That's yeah, really there you go, too. What yeah, about... Let's talk about that. What about like XBI, like smaller biotechs? What about, you know, even the IBB, which has come down? But I mean, the XBI we're still talking about is 50% off of its all-time highs. Could there be, you know, some, like, could this be a sleepy trade where this starts to get into some of these smaller companies here and starts to drive the bus here as well? I mean, I agree with you. I think AI is eventually going to be in everything. I don't think it's just going to be in the big seven. I agree. Um, XBI had been bullish in our um, ETF rating system uh, as recently as mid-June. Yeah. Uh, I think down here it's a buy. Our um, long-term trend line and our lower volatility bands are right here. So, uh, by the way, did I get some chops for recommending Generec on the show? We, we, we gave it to you, you all the before time you were on. on. You don't listen to the pre-market. You didn't listen to us at, when we started. That was the first thing we said. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, okay. <laughs> well, it's okay. easy with Mark because he comes on every two weeks, right? So we just have to go back two weeks. And actually, that day it got tanned a little bit, and uh, everyone was like, "Oh, then just a oh, buy what a debit. buying opportunity!" I know. Uh, what do you What do you think now? I mean, a little bit. I mean, big run, one twenty to one fifty. Maybe come back down one thirty five, one thirty three, and uh, resume the move higher. Oh, yeah. And you know what's going on in Texas with the heat wave? Their business in Texas has taken off. It's booming. That was the, re so that was the reason for the, the big heat. spike. I can't take the heat. It's going that on was the reason for the big spike. I, I, I mean, look at the high on this stock. It, it was crazy, but there's a lot of room between here and a reasonable valuation on a growth stock. It's, it's really actually weird. cheap, the valuation, too. Yeah. Like, And we talked about this thing, too, after you talked about it. We talked about it a couple times on the show. I never did strike the... Uh, I never did buy it, but we talked about it multiple times down there, 110, 115, that the valuation had gotten down. I'm just looking the PE, just grabbing from my trusty Benzinga Pro here. The PE is 35, which looks scary, but when you look at the Ford PE, because that gross in there, it's only 21. So you're just uh, only 19, paying... 19 in our system. 19 to 21 is where it is in Ford. So it's basically out of market multiple, but you got pretty good growth in there, Mark. So I mean... Uh, you do. 
Yeah. I, I mean, but there are gems like this everywhere. You know, in, in the S&P, we have 188 stocks with bullish power gauge ratings, oh. only 77 with bearish ratings. And you know where those are concentrated, uh, the defensive stocks, utilities, uh, some of the staples and uh, finance and energy. So, you know, what's amazing, if you look at the stocks with bearish ratings and the power gauge in the S&P, the total market cap of those sectors is so de minimis. The, the tech and consumer discretionary are driving the bus, and I don't see that changing. And by the way, that's a good thing. It's a good thing because it means that you can have all these bearish divergences on breadth and new highs and, and keep some of those technical bears on the sidelines. And that's how markets continue to move up. So I, I think we're in a beautiful spot in the market. You know, the election year cycle is very favorable for a strong close. Uh, the patterns that Wayne Whaley, I don't know if you talk about him, a brilliant technician, won the CMT award for his uh, advanced decline work. He's come out with studies about it when you're up through June and uh, you've had a strong first half, what happens in the second half. And so interestingly, in that study, August is a soft month, but the rest of the other uh, five months heading into year end are fabulous. December up every time in that pattern. And it's, it's just markets up into the end of the first half. Um, very little on the downside, one month down in February. And there's nowhere to go but stocks. And you know, I'm not a perma bull. This is, uh, this is a once in four year opportunity to uh, hitch your uh, wagon to a star and just take advantage of this. Someone asked me, uh, and I'll let you guys ask a final question. What about income? You know, I've got a lot of retirees looking for income. And I, my response was, you got to make hay when the sun shines. This is not the time to be looking for income. You can make it in capital gains. You don't need that 5% from the treasury or 3% for some utility or consumer discretionary stock. You've just got to get on board this market. Mark, just want to ask you about a sector that hasn't gone yet and caused us some problems in April. But uh, besides J.P. Morgan, the financials, just dead money here, in your opinion, better places to be? Unless the, um, you know, the company guidance when earnings, uh, I think they earnings start to come out a week from uh, Friday. Um, I, I think it's dead money. I mean, you've still got some problems. Bank of America has $100 billion in underwater Treasuries sitting around their balance sheet. That's a lot of money. I think JP Morgan is better situated, but we've been saying that for five years than, than the other banks. But yeah, dead money in my view. We've been on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. He joins the show every two weeks to give us his fundamental and technical outlooks on the market. Great seeing you, Mark. Have a great day. We'll speak to you again in a couple weeks. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Okay. I mean, this is just pretty much uh, a slow and steady leak here. Yeah. Uh, the leak began last night. The leak has uh, just been since we started the show. And then like, they are not taking a, a liking to the ADP numbers and the continuing jobless claims. No, and they're not liking the IWM whatsoever is leading the church down. So again, value taking a back seat. We get a few weeks where our value starts to look good. And then it's right back to the story is the same buying tech stocks and not buying anything else. And that's, you know, what we have been seeing here, at least for the last few days. I don't know if that continues, if this is a pullback to buy everything. Um, I raised a little bit of cash, you know, sold a couple of things that went up, but for the most part, I'm still sitting about the same on my long-term portfolio where I was. I'm about, I looked at it last night. I think at one point in time, I was down to about 45%. I raised it back up to 50% cash, sold a couple of stocks. Like I said, I sold uh, most of my IBM position. Uh, just because it's just just been too much of a laggard here and it's trading with the IWM and I don't know what changes the story. You know, there was an article, I think it was Barron's or something. Somebody gave it some love, but it just can't seem to get, you know, out of its own way here. So at a certain point in time, you just got to say, hey, you know, maybe I'm wrong on this one and maybe IBM isn't going to be, you know, a player in AI, which is ridiculous because like Mark said, they were one of the leaders. But, you know, you've got to just, you know, sometimes just look at certain stocks and say, hey, 
maybe this one's not the one for me. Kinda, I pulled a couple you, other things too. I don't remember. Yeah, you kind of did the opposite of what you do in your trading account with well, the, this one. Because yeah. I know you wrote this thing down and then it came back. You know, you wrote it. I, I, I can remember you buying it. Wasn't it like in the 130s or something? Yeah, I bought around 134 and yeah. I kept thinking it was going to be an AI play. <laughs> and then we got the run up. So yeah, I got my money back. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. you cut the losers too. You know, in this case, it had the big run from 120 to 140 almost. And, and, you thinking, and I was thinking that was going to be the good. I just sold it yesterday or the day before on this check back. So you can see what I'm looking at on the technicals where you had the big run to 140. Now the 130. Now you're struggling at 135. So I'm like, check back here. I don't <laughs> like. Again, I, I held one. I, I, I held one little piece of it. So I didn't sell the entire position. But I just, I don't know. I'm just you're just ticked off at the company that they just can't seem to find a way. I know, like, and they were the first ones in it. You know, yeah. That, I stuck with it for a few months here, and it's just like this ChatGPT AI story is all over the place. Yet IBM crickets, crickets from the company on it. I mean, if they're not gonna, you know, start talking about their AI products during this AI bubble we've had, when is it gonna start going? So at a certain point in time, you just gotta cut the loss. All Another right. thing uh, uh, definitely Mitch. would be looking if they could make something like chat GPT, right? With Watson that everybody could get on something like that, right? Something that where the users are really using it out there. That's not what I'm seeing. Right? I think that's what needs to happen, right? You need to get it to not only the businesses, get it to the people, let people talk about IBM again. That just might bring it back, but uh, that, that'd be a long story there, battling back. Uh, let's get into some of the upgrades and downgrades on the day. We still we talked about Microsoft. We still got a couple more that we can go through. Let's go to UBS upgrade on Canadian solar. All right. Mm. This is think? a big move for a stock that has had no life whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You have an overhead supply issue here from 40 to 42. Um, it is up 2.5% here in the pre-market, which is a nice move on the upgrade there. So it's a decent move. It's been a consolidation station. You want to see it follow through here. The one concern I still have, though, is just so much chop and so much overhead supply coming in up here. I'm not sure UBS upgrade can propel this out of this range, but at least it's something. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you're not even at, let's see, the days are escaping me here. Uh, Monday's high was uh, 38.61. You're right at the high from Wednesday, 38.56. Poked your head above it a little bit in the pre-market, but uh, very important for this one, up 2.5% going against the tape to hold uh, or take out, hold 38.56, then mosey up to 39.61. But uh, already up 92 cents and coming back on the downside. Don't know what this upgrade, the way it's trading up, if you get it back at, uh, at unchanged on the session, that was 37.58. But uh, solar just hasn't been, I haven't looked at first solar in a while. No look bueno. Yeah, uh -huh. it's just not, where's the AI in solar? I mean, I think solar had its day, right? I mean, it's had a huge run. You can see that from first solar. That was a huge run from about July of last year, all the way up there towards about June of June 15th. And I think that's had its run, right? Um, a pullback you're here. Fighting, you're fighting the market. The, yeah. You're the reason, the and you know, a lot of people don't think about this, but the reason that solar is down is it's very positively correlated with oil prices. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because it's an alternative. So if oil's going up at 130, 140 a barrel, people are like, solar is now not so expensive relative to oil. As oil comes down in price, it's cheap. It's cheaper, way cheaper. So there is, a, if you throw these two charts on top of each other, tan and oil prices, you're going to see what I'm talking about. There is a positive correlation. When you are buying solar stocks, you, you know, in long term, no, but short term, you know, like I still think that there's going to be a move to cleaner energy. But as oil prices get cheaper, this is a capitalist world. And as oil prices get cheaper, that solar stuff becomes relatively more expensive. As oil prices go up, it becomes relatively more cheap. So you don't need the alternative energy as much when the, when the, real ener when the oil energy is cheap. So it, what's hurt it the most, solar, is the decline in oil prices. They're basically trade with the oil stocks. 
Yeah, and you can see uh, like favorites like let's say ENPH has that bounced at all? No, it, it just keeps leaking, 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 leaking. I would. They need oil to rally to see what something will change. Start there. this stuff is an oil rally. And, that and is right now we're mean. seeing a little bit of separation. Yesterday we saw crude uh, going up, yet a lot of these oil stocks going down. Um, so we'll see what happens if that can continue the trend. Nice rejection around the 10850s for XOM. Was talking about that level. That's where I've been in. Um, I actually added to this position. So now down closer towards that 108, 10795s. Uh, looking for this to get down there towards those 102s. Will we ever break that? And get back into the 100. Big level is WTI 72, slightly above it. Um, I know you guys are probably going to look at the futures here with uh, crude, but yeah, watching yeah, that what level. A, oh man, and we've been talking about this last week. It made a couple highs at uh, 72, right at the 72.50 area. Tried the last couple days, but just came up shy and now down. But just seems like. Man, just seems like there's a floor in this thing at 67, but still mm -hmm. at the upper top. Boy, Dennis, we are, are did we get some salad bell? I mean, it's a little early for that. I mean, this is just pretty much this is all been off a the straight numbers. down. Yeah, all we had a hot down. ADP number, and then we're seeing uh -huh. to go down. Uh, they love to do it in the pre-market, man, not in the intermarket. <laughs> well, that's what they do, is there's less liquidity. So, you know, I specialize in pre-market and after hours trading. I can tell you liquidity is a lot less. Like there's most money managers aren't even at the desk yet. Yeah. So what happens is a lot of times you get these sell-offs in the pre-market and not saying every day, nothing works 100% of the time. If it doesn't work today, people say, oh, you're an idiot, Dennis. No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> this stuff works. So a lot of times what you see is, is stocks trade down significantly. And then why do they start to lift after 930? Because that's when like 95% of the real money managers come online. <laughs> They're not even at their desk. Yet. So, yeah. I mean, the real buy the dippers have been institutional money managers here because they're all in too much cash. So they're like, oh, I can't wait to get to the office. They're looking on their cell phones right now. I can't wait to get to the office, <laughs> log in and buy myself some stocks. So a lot of times you see these things reverse afterwards. Now, it doesn't always work. Nothing's 100% of the time. We've had a pretty good run. But, you know, Meta, and Meta is leaking here to Mitch's point. Microsoft has leaked back the gains here, too, with the overall market. So there is not much trading higher. It isn't everything sell-off here today. But that doesn't mean there can't be some buy-the-dip opportunities here as well. I like Mark's GNRC play, thinking about that one. Uh, Christian Fromhertz, of course, loves to tune into the show. He's giving us some insight out there of what he's seeing. He's seeing the yields. It's all about the bond yields. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so uh, you. shout out to him, of course, trader on Tribeca Trade Group. If you guys haven't checked out Tribeca Trade Group, check it out today. Our market's talking to us, folks. Follow. It's it's talking to us. I we, mean. We, we talked to this, too, and Christian is right. He tweeted. I retweeted him last night. With the TLT starting to leak, what I retweeted was, if the TLT falls under 100 bucks, the media will start talking about that. So the media will start talking about, ooh, you know, TLT breaking down a new lows. That is an issue. That is a major issue mm -hmm. for this market. So, you know, we just don't have this, you know, clear sailing high sky, blue skies. We've got issues. So this is not, you know, and its TLT valuations are ugly. extended. We have to continue to consider the bear thesis you, you know we are in a bull market here right now there's no doubt about it it's been a good half for stocks but we do have to consider you know if i was full-on bullish i wouldn't be 50 percent cash in my long-term portfolio the reason i'm 50 percent cash is there's a lot of unknowns and you're absolutely correct christian the bond market is telling us something different tlt is now flirting under a hundred dollars here today that starts mm -hmm. going under a hundred bucks don't kid yourself here you will start seeing the equity market start to get a little bit more nervous so, and especially if we ever get back down to those October lows, because, you know, bonds and stocks, ah, they move off, so there's no, you know, there's no correlations. It's not true, you know, in a rising interest rate environment, because it's giving you a feel for what's really happening out there. You know, how is capital? Is it getting tighter? Is a lot of companies that borrow money here. I think Christian's absolutely right. The TLT weakness is a little bit of a tell here and a reason to probably raise some cash. Fed minutes, I mean, the Fed minutes have kind of echoed, you know, what... I mean, there was there was not a full consensus to pause in June. It was not. It wasn't like oh, you know, there, there's definitely um, some dissension here. So, I mean, if you listen to the signs from the bond market here, we maybe have one more rate hike, maybe two more rate hikes. I mean, I know Mark, you know, mentioned there about uh, you know, a pause and another pause, but just just going on the the 30-year bond chart and the TLT. 
I, I, I don't, I don't feel that in these old bones. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to some more upgrades, downgrade. Uh, Piper Sandler downgrading a firm holding. So uh, <laughs> they said, you know what? We'll come in here and stop this rally. Um, it's been kind of pulling back already. Um, a firm getting hit today. You wonder if that isn't the sell. It's like the junk companies. And I'm going to say right now, firm has just lost its way. And we know as it's $390, whatever it was a share, it's 14 bucks here. And there has been an everything rally to May to June where a lot of companies that probably are not, you know, very being run very well have participated, you mm-hmm. know, and even to the ARKK. It's been an impressive run for ARKK. We called this run. Mitch, you've participated in this as well. 36 to 45 has been a pretty darn good run. But are we at a point here where there's going to start being some separation between the good stuff and the bad stuff? Because they have been buying everything in May and June. I don't know if that continues. And, you know, at this point in time, you wonder if ARKK isn't a sell. Yeah, and I think that um, one thing that I would relate this to, and you guys definitely know a little bit more about this, is the dot-com era right? Um, That's the way I can think about it. And how in the dot com era, you had that optimism, you had a surge in from, you know, internet startup companies, uh, these high valuation growth type of companies that don't necessarily have the best fundamentals, right? Let's just be honest, if you look underneath the hood, you'd probably be like, no, this is not probably the company that I want but of course, they have been ripping, and this is are all on overvaluation outlooks, right? Will this turn around? These are all questions that I think we need to be asking ourselves, um, because at some point, these companies will be viewed as overvalued. Uh, but the only question is, which one is going to get hit first, right? Are they going to go after the trash? That's what we're asking. That's what they yeah. usually do. I think they're already doing it. Joel, I think that, you know, we see a firm like this topped out three weeks ago. Yeah, well, even this, uh, I'm going to go to the firm, but look at this arc chart. I mean, it's had a rebound, but man, nothing, nothing, nothing compared to the mega cap tech. I mean, she's a bunch of trash. Yeah, I mean, that that is now it's down again. I mean, you would think it had more of a meaningful uh, uh, retracement on that, but no, a firm traded down a buck oh five. Uh, I like under 13 bucks. I don't know if we'll get there today, but uh, multiple lows at the 1350, 1360 area. Wouldn't it be trying to buy the dip off the open? I'd rather look to see if it could come back up to, no, it's going to be a ways to the bottom of yesterday's range at uh, 15 and a quarter. But it's had a nice run, and a lot of people still probably sitting on some nice profits. Let's see if uh, Piper Sandler brings out some more sellers. All right, let's keep going down the line. There's another one to touch here. Let's go to Citigroup initiating coverage on Plug Power. Um, Plug Power has recently got it a little bit of a lift. Um, do you think this can keep going? Oh, boy. This all is these not stocks, one I believe. In these are all <laughs> companies that are really struggling. So yeah. there is, here's the issue. As you start to see, you know, some analyst coverage, oh, maybe these are sleepy catch-up trades. Or maybe it's going to go the other way. And, you know, the sleepy catch-up trades just aren't going to really participate that much. And they're going to be the first ones to start rolling over here, too. I still think you got to buy good companies at reasonable valuations. Plug is neither of those. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets a little bit worrisome, right? We'll see what happens to these companies. And should we take some profits? Will we see some profit taking in I think companies so. like this? I um, think it's time. If you have them. It might be that time to ring the register, right? You need to be thinking about it. Like always, you guys make your investment decisions, but I, I see companies like this too. Like let's say like my QuantumScape position that now is up over 20%. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, it's time to maybe just ring the bell because the truth is, is that if I look at the valuation, it won't make sense. And, and, and you'd think, you know, QuantumScape, you know, at $8 got to $132. You know, when stocks go from 132 to 8, they seldom go back to 132. Do you know what they usually do? This is, you know, this is quantified. They usually go 132 to 8. Very rarely do they go back to 132. People will point out Amazon did it. But you know what? 98% of those other companies ended up the road to almost zero. So that's the problem here is that there's just a lot of, you know, crappy companies that are rallying with the overall market here right now. And those are the cells. 
So buy good companies on the dips, sell crappy companies on the reps. These are reps. There's been some catch-up trades. Some of these, you know, are going here, but you keep thinking like, you know, these are zombie companies not making money, you know, and maybe not even crappy companies, just too much competition in some of these industries here too. Not all of them can be Amazon. So I think you're right, Mitch. I think I think we got to start thinking about ringing the register on some of the trashy stocks that have rallied recently. All right. Um, I did see a stock upgrade on a value stock. Morgan Stanley upgraded Keurig Dr. Pepper to overweight, but I don't think that's anything that I would be looking at right now. Would you guys be looking at <laughs> I'd, Dr. I'd look Pepper? Come on, man. I mean, yeah, that doesn't seem like the place to be, but hey. This stuff think? will rally. If we go into a significant sell-off, this stuff can actually be negative correlated with the market. Some of this stuff can rally here. But right. I'd rather, like, why go in a 2.5% dividend in Dr. Pepper when you get 5.2% or 5.5% in treasuries here right now? So I'm going to keep saying and arguing the same thing. I think they are set on the rips. I think it's consumer staples. We'll put Keurig Dr. Pepper as a consumer staple. Um, people drink Dr. Pepper. They like Dr. Pepper. They're going to continue to drink Dr. Pepper. But the valuation, I haven't looked at it, but I imagine it's probably just guessing. Probably 25 times earnings. Let's go see where it is. That's 34 times, but only 17 on a forward. So it's not too bad. I don't know what happened if that forward is going to be right. 17.8 on the forward, which isn't that bad. But again, paying 18, 20, 30 times earnings. Like 30 times is crazy in this environment for a consumer staple. 17, 18 isn't bad market multiple but you're not getting the growth the growth rate on this thing you know is not you know nearly what you're going to need and i mean cash is solid solid yield in cash people keep laughing at the people in cash but you're still getting five and a half percent on cash right now that's serious competition for some of these consumer staples i'll look at uh kdp here in one second but uh i just like wanted to go take a look at uh plug power and i'm trying to bring my pro up here the company has i'm looking at its eps i don't see one positive eps and i'm going all the way back to 2012. i don't think they've ever made have they ever yes. made money it's, they, it, I, yeah i mean how can an analyst like recommend a stock that's like never, never made money. They keep thinking know. the story. This was the story stock it's the plug fuel cell 20 story. years ago. Yeah, fuel cell story, guys. And, and the, the truth is that fuel cell is still more expensive than crude oil and diesel. So why would you use it? Until that changes, I would think this company is a nothing burger. Until that, until I can buy, you know, fuel cell cheaper than I can buy diesel, it ain't going to change right now. There's so. the three. There's the three of them here: Mitch, Plug Power, Ballard Power, which is in Canada, and Fuel Cell. Yeah, and all Fuel three of these stocks. Yeah, it's still around. All three of these stocks aren't far from their lows. Yeah. So you know, Plug Power was back in 2020 when everybody was just crazy. Seventy-five dollars. It's ten bucks. Ballard Power was BLDP got up to forty-two dollars. It's four bucks, down ninety percent. And then Fuel Cell. Well, 2016, that even got more crazy. It was over $100 here. It got up to $29 is two bucks. Stocks are all down 90%. Stocks fall down. When stocks go 90% off of their highs, most of the time they don't come back. Remember all that. All right. And, and just to pivot to something that I did see get a little bit of a lift yesterday, I'm taking a look to see if stocks like MP, LAC, lithium names, of course, we got that news from China yesterday. Uh, they got a tiny lift yesterday, not much there um, in these stocks. Like uh, MP was up in the pre-market, but actually in the market kind of traded down yeah. on, on this. And so I'm looking to see if these materials can get any type of lift. But I saw an ugly day for materials yesterday um, where steel came down fast. Fast. Copper came down fast. Basic materials don't look good. I know they started getting a little bit of a lift, but I don't know, man. And this just shows me more and more, right? Inflation will go down, especially if these basic materials can go lower and lower. And the, the one difference, and we always have to just consider, and again, I try to bring some fundies into the conversation every once in a while, but I mean, the, the lithium companies, a lot of these are actually making good money. And a lot of these are actually have reasonable valuations. You know, I've talked about Albemarle. It's one of the biggest positions in my long-term portfolio for the simple reason. And it hasn't, I've, I'm averaged in like just slightly below here. So it hasn't been a great performer for me. But you just look and you're like, well, lithium story isn't going away. You see this thing trading 12 times, seven times current earnings, 
12 times forward earnings because they're projecting, you know, that it's going to slow down there for a bit. And you think like, I don't know, like maybe it's cyclical and maybe they're eventually those PEs, you know, can get you. But, you know, lithium LTHM, we've had this one for a while here too, uh-huh. 16 times forward is 13 times. I mean, these are not Ballard Power. These are not fuel cell plays. These are companies that actually make money. So these are just better plays. So on dips, I would absolutely be buying these kind of companies as opposed to buying plug power on a dip. All right, let's get to crypto stocks, right? And let's go to some of those plays um, as we've been seeing them rise. Mara, Riot, Hive, Hut, um, even Clean Spark getting some lift as of recent. And so, of course, Mara was the leader that started moving first here. And then I was calling out how maybe Riot would be a nice little lag play. That has been a nice little lag play. Now just starting to get there towards the daily highs. Uh, 14 seems like a little bit resistance on that chart. Uh, but what do you guys think about these crypto plays, Bitcoin stocks? They've had a nice run. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the only thing that I'm and then I'm, I'm looking at the stocks today. And the only thing I'm going to say is Bitcoin's a thousand bucks off its high for the uh, mm. for the day. So I'm not sure if what happened with the numbers. It's kind of been doing its own thing lately. The market. You know, the market's been selling off. This has been going up. So, I, I mean, uh, that's a pretty significant reversal here. That was There's a potential triple top at the 31.8. So the 32,000. Look yeah. at the top right chart. Yeah. This is concerning, actually. You know, we've been bullish Bitcoin here for a while here with the overall market. But you're struggling in an area you don't want to struggle. If we start to lose 30,000 here, then you start thinking that we got a double top in place here. And again, you know, Bitcoin Must- is fit in there with you know nasdaq and, and you know some of these nasdaq stocks obviously but you don't have fundamental support here i mean and you know a lot of these other crypto plays here i don't know does mara make money it's a stock we talk about you know on the Ow. show with bitcoin i don't know do these things even make money i i've never really looked let's go look you know this 32k was resistance going back all the way to june here so i mean you can look at it um on the dailies and it reinforces it but also on the monthlies too uh that area is significant but i don't know do we have uh no they don't no i doubt these companies i i i think this is a gift on some of these the mara is up from 10 to 16 here in the last week and a half i don't know bitcoin goes higher these go higher I think but exactly if you want this company to make money i think bitcoin has to be at a certain price yeah. um so that's what i would look at yeah. when i look at the uh eps outlooks for like let's say in 2022 for march it was at 36 cents before that in november 85 cents so something happened there, right? What was the what was what happened there? The topping of Bitcoin. So if you want these companies to make money, you need Bitcoin up there, way up there. Like let's say 50, 60,000 for Bitcoin. Ooh. If it's up there, yeah, these companies start killing it. But if it's not, that's when they start getting turned around. Hive has been on a huge run too. So we'll see if these start to turn around. Um, they've, they've had their run. Now let's see if they actually pull back. All right, let's go to one last one here. Um, let's go to a therapeutic stock with a public offering out there. Oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, which one was this one? This one caught your attention, Joel. Alarity. Alarity. Oh, my God. There's so many therapeutic stocks out there. I really don't know how people trade yeah. these, but hey, you guys see it up. It's at 397 This stock was $7 yesterday just getting crushed with a public offering. Here's what happens. And this is the small beaten down, you know, companies, they get like a positive look in a trial and then to like fund the next round of trials, they got to offer shares. And what they do is they dilute the hell out of them. So here's a stock that yesterday morning went from six to 13 and then boom, boom, two days. And it's three bucks. I Even mean, worse. I think uh, they did the split before it on Thursday, the 29th. So they oh. did the split on Thursday. Okay. They get their positive news out. Yeah. Just completely tr- like turn the minds of investors, get that pop, and then they just sell it to you. They're like, here you go. This we're going to split thing. the stock, dilute it, and, and we're going to just destroy our investors. Actually, oh, I'm sorry I even mentioned this one. I mean, holy moly. Look at that. Yeah, All time high. Nice you think your money getting this. your money back in this one twenty five thousand four hundred and eight. <laughs> Good lord, man! This is just it's one of those speculative, stocks. speculative, speculative capital only. And every single capital. pop 
lasted probably about maybe two or three days. Another thing to think about with these types of stocks, they, right? They, they implode their own stock. I mean, you get yeah, the they pop, pop drop, they, pop drop. So because yeah, they got to get the offering because they need more cash. Oh, stock popped up a little bit. Do the offering now. They're always ready. I mean, this is what happens to some of these smaller biotech companies. I can't even. See, I can't even see quick. the. I can't even see the pop in this when you guys are talking about on the it here. You can't see <laughs> yeah, it I can't even. Even on the daily, I can't even. Well, I guess. I guess here on the uh, on the lower left chart, there is the uh, the sixty minute. That's a Man. little more illustrative. All right. Well, this. I've got my screen here just to give you a summary of today. Okay. Um, and I'm looking at the majority of the S and P. And really what I'm seeing are two stocks, Microsoft and Meta Green, and I'm seeing everything red. You want to talk about bad breadth. This is like disaster day. It seems like across the board, everywhere, everything here is ugly here right now, like big time ugly. Well, what do you, the last outlook here, Joel, what are you seeing? Oh, boy. Um. Well, for for the uh, pre market low, it's four forty two. Kind of feel like you like the managers they got to their desk and are trying to put some bids out in the pre market here. So, forty four forty two is uh, your low. We're starting to move away from that big move. We've already exceeded the nine day average trading range. So let's see if that that pre market low is protected. Kind of do what we did yesterday mosey our way back up and uh man we got a ways to go to get even to the low from yesterday it uh i look for resistance at uh 44 44 61 and a quarter so market spooked by uh the numbers spooked maybe spooked by a you know unemployment number tomorrow but uh that's it you know the bonds and the market's finally listening to the fed saying hey we're not done yet. So everyone, uh, have a great trading day, and I'll be back with you later on. All right. We'll see what else is going on out there. Uh, so Joel's hopping out. You guys can keep up with him, of course, Pre-Market Prep Plus. And uh, Dennis, you noted there in the chat that XOM had some guidance. I'm do- I am seeing that come in there. Um, and so that was uh, gas price negatively impacted by Q2 upstream earnings. Um, and so that might be affecting a, a little bit of a continued downturn in XOM. Of course, full disclosure, short XOM. We'll see what happens there. All right, Dennis, you ready for this market? Yeah. Um, again, it's hard to just come in here and say, yeah, we want to buy all this dip here today because we just have had such a run. You know, mm-hmm. is a 1% dip in the S&P the dip you're looking for? Or could you get like a 4 or 5%er? and maybe get you into some better companies. What I'm looking for is buying good companies on dips and actually selling crappy companies on rips. That's why I sold IBM because you know what? It's just, you've got to say what it is. And, you know, they've dropped the ball. It's been a dog. It ripped up here with everything else. Sometimes the market just allows you to get out of, you know, bad calls. It allows you to get out of like bad stocks. Sometimes you got to take those opportunities. I think the recent rally that we've had where everything has rallied in the last few weeks, I think there's eventually going to be some separation here. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got to use that, you know, as an opportunity to sell your crappy companies on the rips and buy your good companies on the dips. So GNRC, I would be looking at that one today. I like the Mark Shaken call. Get down near 130. I think I'd take a shot on GNRC in the long side. I missed it at 110 to 120. But you get back down to 130, you're getting a, you know 20 points off from where it was just a few days ago. If it gets back down there, it's 136.50 in the pre-market, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. You could get a few more bucks here off of it. I don't mind that, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm half cash for a reason is that there's still a lot of things to be concerned about. 100%, and I agree with that outlook. Sell craps on rip and buy quality on dips. So one thing that I will be doing with that is always looking and, and I feel like this happens often when the market rotates against you, let's say right now for the bulls, right? Well, a lot of times they go first for those, you know, those not the quality names first, right? They, they go after the trash, knock those right back down while the quality names can maybe stick around for a little bit more on these pullbacks. So that's one thing that I look for. And rotation can be wicked in those growth stocks. Like we mentioned, Affirm, other names like that. We'll be seeing if those pull back today. Like always, you guys can keep up with everything Triple D Trader does. Uh, give them a nice follow on Twitter. Get them some questions. 
He's saying he's not getting enough answers on Twitter. Well, give him some questions. Let's give him some uh, engagement today, guys. Like always, have a good one, Dennis. Take care, my friend. Okay, see and you enjoy much. building out there. No, with I the know. Crew. The building continues. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll get you guys over now to live trading. That's coming up next. We got Lord Ryan from the headquarters and myself going to get after this market, try to get back into the green. I will be looking to see if I can uh, sell the rips on some of those, uh, especially the growth names, maybe Carvana short, Mm, a firm short, upstart short. Find out right here, of course, on Benzinga. You don't go got to go anywhere right here. We have all the trading action you need. So stick around with Benzinga. We also got, of course, uh, the book, uh, book book club, of course, right now that we're getting into, Market Wizards. Uh, you guys want to join that up. That's going to start on Tuesday next week. Don't want to miss that. We'll be getting into the first chapters of Market Wizards. Of course, Jack D. Swagger. Check that out, team, and join the book club today. Now to get you guys over to some live trading action and see if I can make some money. Let's see. Time to bounce back, team. We'll be right back.